Our Old Testament reading for this, the 21st Sunday after Trinity, is from Genesis chapters 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth. And the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good, and God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God said, excuse me, and God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures, and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the, of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. 
So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed, that is, on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. And our epistle text is from from Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and, as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. I invite you to stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. And the Holy Gospel according to St. John the fourth chapter. Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. 
So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed in all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and from our crucified and risen Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, well, if you've uh, ever visited Washington, D.C., which I, I, I highly recommend, but uh, if you have, then I'm sure you realize what a, what a history lesson you get as you visit the, uh, the, the buildings, the, uh, the, the museums, the monuments, the memorials. You know, my, uh, my family and I visited there a few years ago. And, of course, one of the, the places we visited was, was Arlington National Cemetery, which is, uh, of course, quite a, a somber but uh, yet a very, very impressive place. But uh, anyway, one of the monument, monuments that they have at Arlington is for those who died aboard the USS Maine. Now, if, if you're anything like me, then you might recall hearing of the Maine and you know, maybe even the phrase, remember the Maine. But maybe you don't remember why you are to remember uh, the Maine. Well, in reading the various signs around the memorial for the Maine, we, we learned, or, or just relearned, uh, that the sinking of the Maine led to the Spanish-American War of 1898. It was, of course, the war with Teddy Roosevelt and the Rough Riders and their, their charge up San Juan Hill. But in less than four months, Spain had surrendered to the United States. For, for fact is, Spain was well, basically a pushover. Not much of an opponent, as by the late 1800s, Spain was several centuries past its prime. And as a result, the Spanish-American War is a war that for us today is well, rather easy to overlook or maybe even forget about. Which, I guess, takes us to, a, to another war that um, I think we tend to overlook or maybe even uh, forget about, even as Christians. But yet it is a war that's, well, much more critical than any other war that has ever been fought, and the casualties are much, much greater. In fact, it's a war that's being fought uh, right now. And this time, the enemy is no pushover, for it's no collapsing Spanish empire that we are fighting, and in fact, it's a war that St. Paul refers to in our epistle text for today, as he writes... Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Yes, as those who bear the cross of our Lord Jesus, both upon our forehead and upon our heart, we are at war with none other than the great evil empire and the ruler of darkness, 
himself. It's a war, right? A spiritual battle with eternal consequences. And, in fact, I would suggest that, that Satan likes how a lot of this war is currently going. And why would I say that? Well, because many of his tactics seem to be working. And among those tactics is something that seems to have invaded much of the church today. And, well, what we could call an unholy contentment or uh, a complacency. For, you see, I, I am convinced that, that Satan doesn't necessarily want us to join some cult, you know, be some, quote, devil worshiper. But rather, I imagine that Satan is just as happy letting us be content with our nice home, with our two-car garage, our, you know, 2.2 kids or whatever the average is anymore. A dog and a cat, you know, adequately supplied financially, materially, able to afford a few of the fancy gadgets that the world today has to offer. I am convinced that, that Satan is more than happy letting us be content with all of our stuff and our, our worldly relationships, our entertainment and, and, and football games. For you see, when we are content, uh, we get distracted. We tend to focus on all the wrong things. We tend to forget that there is a war going on, a deadly and spiritual battle raging for our minds and souls and for the minds and the souls of our children and grandchildren. And when we do that, well, we get soft, we get lazy, spiritually complacent. Our Bibles and our catechisms get dusty, our portals of prayer go unused, our, our knees forget how to bend in prayer. We become even more vulnerable to sin than we already are. We forget to love our neighbor as ourselves. We neglect to show love to God, except maybe on Sunday mornings. Right? When we forget that there is a war going on, we become vulnerable to Satan and his subtle lies as he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he might devour. But dear brothers and sisters... In Christ today, St. Paul will not let us forget. For into our contentment, into our complacency, he writes in our epistle text saying, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Yes, Satan is real. He is at war with us right now. And he is powerful, right? Do not doubt it for a moment. But yet, at the same time, be confident, right? Be comforted by the fact that while the battle rages over us, even right now, well, we will be able to stand against Satan and his schemes. For our God, he provides us with what we need for this war. He provides us with what we need. For, for in our reading, Paul continues by saying, Therefore, in other words, in light of this spiritual battle, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to, to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. See, picture, picture this, this, this armor in your mind as, as Paul describes it. 
mean, a Roman soldier preparing for battle, he, he first wraps the, the, the belt over his tunic. And so stand therefore, Paul writes, having fastened on the belt of truth. I mean, every soldier in every age, in every kind of war, needs to be convinced that the cause for which he is fighting is true. And indeed, indeed, as we follow the one who is the way, the truth, and the life, our cause is true. Through the gift of faith, that, 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 that gift worked in us by the Holy Spirit. We have been brought to see who our Lord Jesus truly is, right? Very God of very God who took on our human flesh so that he might die for us, bearing our sin on Calvary's cross. The world may ridicule us, call, a, uh, call our cause foolish, but we know that in, or excuse me, in the end, we shall stand because we follow the risen one. Well, next, next comes the breastplate of righteousness, as, as Paul describes it. You know, we, we, we humbly confess as Christians that, that our own righteousness will never stand against Satan because our righteousness, our works, the best that we can do are, are but filthy rags, Scripture says. But God, working through that water and word of holy baptism, has firmly fastened on us the righteousness of Christ. And so we can boldly sing, Jesus, thy blood and righteousness, my beauty are my glorious dress. And as a result, we now stand with, as shoes for our feet, the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Peace. Yes, in, in, in the midst of war comes that much needed word of peace. Peace, because your sins are forgiven for Christ's sake. Peace because chief of sinners though you be, Jesus shed his blood for thee. Peace with God and thereby peace with, with one another is yours, right? Thanks be to Jesus. Peace. And so Paul continues, he says, In all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Know that Satan will do everything that he can to frighten us. He will tempt us. He will threaten our consciences. He'll even taunt us with death and the grave. And at every turn he'll ask, can God really get you out of this one? And with that shield called faith, we can confidently say yes. Yes, he always has and he always will. For I know that my Redeemer lives. For indeed, we even have the helmet of salvation. In the ultimate battle of the cross and grave, Satan fired all of his weapons, but he could not keep our Savior down. And that means that someday our Lord will give us the crown of life to replace that helmet of salvation. And so there, there, there we are, right? Outfitted for war. 
Able to withstand the devil's attacks. Able to stand in the, in the midst of this great battle that we are in. But, but yet, you know, we're missing something here, right? We're, we're missing something. I mean, for everything that we've been given thus far are, are all defensive type weapons. I mean, don't we need something to attack the devil and all his schemes with to, to counter his lies? And, well, an offensive type weapon, so to speak? Well, Paul continues. He says, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then he continues in verse 18. He says, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Yes, the word of God, right? The sword of the spirit and prayer. After all, what did Jesus do during his earthly ministry when he was attacked by Satan? Well, number one, he he rebuked Satan with the word of God, right? Turn this stone into bread, a deceptive devil said to a hungry Jesus. But Jesus replied, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. With the word of God, he drove back Satan's attacks. And number two, in his hours of struggle, Jesus would go off by himself to pray. He prayed for strength. He prayed for his father's will to be done. The word of God and prayer were Jesus' weapons. And they are our weapons in this war that rages for our souls. And so, yes, put on the whole armor of God, for it, ha- it has been battle-tested, right? It's, it's the very same armor that Jesus himself wore for you and for me as he fought and as he won the victory on our behalf. And, and so, you see, when, when we put on the armor of God, we're, we're really wearing as our armor, well, Christ himself. Put on the full armor of God because in it, right, in Christ We have nothing to fear. We stand victorious in Christ for now and forever. You know, by uh, by 1898, at the time of the Spanish-American War, Spain was, you know, a shell of its its former self. 300 years earlier, it had been the most powerful nation on earth. But by 1898, well, it, it was a pushover. Well, Satan once ruled the world, and even today, working in the shadows, always prowling around, he's still no pushover, but he has been defeated by our Lord. He will ultimately be be banished to the depths of hell. The battle still rages. Do not doubt it for a moment. But we are armed. We are ready. In fact, we stand in the victory of our crucified and risen Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, who has fought and who continues to fight for us. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now may that peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Savior. Amen. O Lord, keep your household, the church, in continual godliness, that through your protection she may be free from all adversities and devoutly given to serve you in good works, 
Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. In thanksgiving for the many blessings of creation which our Lord sustains despite every ravage of sin, death, and the devil, and for faith to receive his benefits with gratitude, knowing they come through Jesus' merits and not our own, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the church, that God would defend her against the schemes of the devil. For all Christians, especially pastors, that God would equip them with the sword of his spirit, which is his word. That the fallen creation may be recalled from its futility. And for all the saints, that God would outfit them with his full armor, with salvation, faith, peace, righteousness, truth, and every benefit that comes from Christ Jesus, that we may stand firm to the end, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all Christian households, the holy estate of marriage and the gift of children, that they would be honored and protected. For courage to confess that God has created us male and female. And for wisdom to exercise dominion in this world, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For boldness in our fight, recognizing that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, and cosmic powers over this present darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, and for the Spirit's aid to respect godly authorities, to oppose what stands against his word, and to see every unbelieving person as God's creature for whom Christ died, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who are troubled or ill, especially Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, uh, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that God would not despise our prayers because of our weak faith, but grant life and healing, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. And for David Kirsten, as he completes his classes with his guide dog and prepare, prepares to return home, that he would be kept safe and may live to the Lord's glory, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. And for rest in the gifts of our God who sanctifies us, especially the gift of Christ's body and blood in his blessed sacrament, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. And into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. 